Welcome to Wellness Wednesdays with me, Recovery Ray, brought to you by Balance, period. On today's episode, I have some data for us to reflect on. It is my WHOOP performance assessment for the month of July. Looking forward to diving into that. I'm also going to be walking us through the most recent article that was featured in volume 135 of the Generational Wellness Digest. This article is all about skin cancer in black folks. And I know for me, for the longest time, I would just say like, that's not something that we experience. And this article really helped to expand my awareness of how relevant this conversation is for us to have in the black community. So without further ado, I'm going to kick off today's episode with our mindful moment. We're going to take three deep breaths together at the end of the third breath. We're just going to sit in stillness and just rest here in the present moment. First and foremost, I want you to pay attention to your posture. Sit upright yet relaxed. I'll count us down three, two, one, and we'll take these three deep breaths together. Three, two, one. Take the first deep breath. And another. And one more. Allow your breathing to return to its normal pattern. Now notice any sensations you feel as you inhale and exhale. It could be movement in your chest or abdomen. Whatever you notice, just focus your attention there for a moment. Now notice the contact that your body is making to the surface beneath you. And really feel where those connections are being made. Now imagine that your thoughts are on a conveyor belt. And anytime a new thought arises, place it on that conveyor belt and allow it to just slowly move on down the line. If your mind wanders from that practice, that's okay. Just gently and kindly bring your attention back to that visualization of your thoughts moving along a conveyor belt. Let's go ahead and take one more deep breath together. If your eyes are closed, slowly begin to blink them open. Welcome back. Wanted to throw in a bit of a different visualization practice. I know we've commonly done the thinking of your thoughts as clouds in the sky, allowing them to pass by. This is another practice that I found beneficial as it relates to kind of creating some separation between the thoughts that I'm thinking and my engagement with those thoughts. 
I know the one image that comes to mind is the episode of I Love Lucy when she was in the candy factory. And I think it was candy. And she was on the line and candy was coming just so much. And she was trying to grab all the candy. She was sticking it everywhere. I don't know why that's the first thing that comes to mind, but it is. And it's funny because I was not old enough to watch I Love Lucy when it was actually like a a running show. So I don't know whose house I was over, maybe my grandma's house when I saw that episode. But regardless, right, just using the, the space of taking a mindful moment and pausing and just being and allowing yourself to engage with your thoughts differently and to notice how naturally they do just pass as if they were on a conveyor belt. Now, they do stay around, though, if we grab onto them, if we hold on to them, if we invest energy into them. And so incorporating something like this, right, like this visualization into your mindful moments is a great way to begin to gain a deeper understanding of the true nature of how your thoughts work, right? They're not here. They're not permanent. They're not always true. And if we notice and just allow them to be, they will naturally flow into another thought. So thank you for participating in today's mindful moment. And I highly recommend you prioritize time throughout your day to pause, to breathe, to bring your awareness back to what is most important to you. It could be your values. It could be your goals, whatever that is for you. Just prioritize time to pause and breathe. All right. One of the things that I wanted to mention is how you can support balance, period. I know I talk a lot about the Generational Wellness Digest. So one way you can support is just subscribing. So actually sharing your name and email. You can find that on our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash balance, period. And it'll be up in the education portion of our link hub where you can subscribe to the Generational Wellness Digest. I highly recommend you do that. Another thing that you can do on any platform that you are listening to this show on right now, please like the show, please subscribe to the show, please leave a review. If you can just leave a five-star review or whatever star you feel like is suitable, that would be very helpful and beneficial. So I just wanted to share those couple ways that you can just support the work that we do here at Balance Period as we are on this mission to make generational wellness accessible to everyone. The podcast itself is a way and an extension of us doing that because the information that we share here is accessible. Pretty much everyone has a phone. Pretty much everyone has access to internet. And I know that's not the case for everyone, but we're looking to just make the content accessible. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in. All right, let's go ahead and roll into the Mindful Reflection question from this week's Generational Wellness Digest. The Mindful Reflection question is... Drum roll, please. Am I nurturing my physical, emotional, and mental well-being adequately? And what adjustments can I make to prioritize self-care? Am I nurturing my physical, emotional, and mental well-being adequately? And what adjustments can I make to prioritize self-care? That's a phenomenal question. Am I nurturing my physical, emotional, and mental well-being? You know, I think there's always room for improvement. I feel like, you know, I'm enough as I am. I'm perfect as I am. At the same time, there's more that I can learn and incorporate into my routine to more adequately nurture those different areas and those different domains of my well-being. I think I'm doing a pretty good job right now. 
I'm grateful that that's the case. By me prioritizing time to do things like getting quality sleep and moving my body on a consistent basis, checking in with myself during the day, maintaining a consistent mindfulness practice, right? Those three habits that I just mentioned nurture my physical, my mental, and my emotional well-being. And by me focusing on just those three, I feel like that is an adequate amount of investment in those areas. I also do more than that, but I would say for me in thinking about this question, uh, as it relates to am I nurturing them adequately, I would say so, yes. And there are adjustments that I can make though, right? I can increase the amount of time that I do these things. I can be more strategic about the goals I set around the, these habits that I've integrated into my lifestyle to nurture my physical, mental, and emotional well-being. And so there's always room for improvement. I think I'll experience some improvement in all three as I transition into this new living experience. I talked about it before, but uh, Kelly and I are moving at the end of this month and it's going to create the conditions for more freedom and for more intention to be integrated into how I live my daily life. So I'm excited for that. And I think as it relates to increasing the amount of time that I'm doing something or just shifting the goal that I have as it relates to the habits I practice to nurture my physical, emotional, and mental well-being, I'm going to be kind of addressing that over this next month and then looking to build these systems, right? Make these updates to my system as I enter into this next season. So I would say the answer to this week's mindful reflection question is yes, I am adequately nurturing my physical, emotional, and mental well-being. And adjustments that I can make to prioritize self-care are pretty much just addressing my current habits and seeing where I can level them up, right? As it relates to my sleep, my movement, me checking in with myself and my mindfulness practice. So that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to build from there. If you answered this question and you were like, actually, I'm not adequately nurturing these different areas of my life, I would highly recommend you considering the simple sustainable habits that I mentioned before. Focusing on your sleep, that has a positive impact on both your mind, body, and spirit. Prioritizing time to check in with yourself to understand what you may need during the day so you can give yourself what you need when you need it. Moving your body on a regular basis, whether that's formal exercise or just going for a walk. And then continuing to cultivate your mindfulness muscle, right? Developing your mindfulness practice. Those are three things that don't really cost you any money, and you're naturally going to have space to do them on a daily basis. So those are ways that you can integrate new behaviors into your daily life to begin to nurture the, you know, whichever of the three that you might have felt like you weren't currently nurturing. So I just wanted to share that so that you can start to take action, right? Take action towards aligning your lifestyle with your optimal health. That in and of itself is what's necessary in order to create generational wellness. It takes you taking accountability for your health and well-being, modeling these behaviors, the ones I just mentioned before, and then openly sharing your story of health transformation from where you start now to where you don't feel like you nurtured those areas of your life very well to when you are feeling like you are nurturing those areas adequately and sharing the transition that you made from the beginning to where you are right when you make it to that point. That in and of itself is 
what you can do to create generational wellness. So that is the mindful reflection question for this week. And I'm looking forward to next week's. These questions will continue to be pretty in depth. Uh, So I'm looking forward to seeing what the question is for next week. The affirmation from this volume of the Generational Wellness Digest is I am inspired by the success of others and use it as motivation to improve myself. I am inspired by the success of others and use it as motivation to improve myself. I think that especially in the black community, it can kind of feel like there's this crab mentality, right? That there's someone doing something that we perceive is better than us or they're further along in their career or they acquired a certain amount of money or things. It's like, well, in order for me to get to where they are, I have to you know, pull them down or tear them down in order to pull myself up. And I think that's a common trend. It's a common theme that we see across the country in our communities. And if we shift our mindset, right, I talked about it before, these affirmations are designed to reprogram our mind. And if we start to think about when we see other people that are doing things that we deem to be success, even if they're things that we aspire to be, to do or to have, if we use that as inspiration, right, we use that as an opportunity to learn from their journey so that we can take actions that can help us make it to that point, right, to improve ourselves. Now the experience that we have in our communities looks different. We're not tearing each other down. We're actually building each other up, learning from each other so we all can thrive together. So that affirmation is powerful. Shout out to Damond Hicks. This was pulled from The Mindset Shift. That book is available. He had his book launched last week. So I'll be sure to share the link to where you can purchase it on Amazon. It is on Amazon. You could just type in Damond Hicks, The Mindset Shift, and it should pop up for you. But I'll be sure to put the link somewhere where you can access it in the show notes. Are you looking to enhance your well-being and create greater balance in your life? I am proud to introduce Balance Period's new wellness coaching sessions. This transformational one-on-one coaching experience is designed to help you execute at optimizing your health. Our certified wellness coaches are dedicated to helping you achieve your wellness goals from the inside out. Whether you're struggling with stress or seeking better sleep quality or simply aiming to increase your overall life satisfaction, our coaches are here to help guide you every step of the way. During your customized coaching session, you'll gain valuable insights and practical strategies to overcome obstacles, cultivate resilience, and optimize your well-being. As a listener of this podcast, you can use the code RECOVERYRAY at checkout to unlock an exclusive 10% off discount on your coaching session. Don't wait. It's time to invest in your wellness because you are worth the investment. Visit shop.balanceperiod.com and book your wellness coaching session today. That's shop.balanceperiod.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Let's go ahead and do this week's check-in. So I am looking forward to going through my uh, WHOOP performance assessment. I briefly went through it yesterday, so it comes out the first of every month. I briefly went through it yesterday, and I liked what I saw. So I'm going to pull it up. For those of you that are just listening to this, I'll talk you through what I'm looking at. For those of you that are watching this, you'll be able to see this data in real time. All right. So, looking good today. I'm in the green. Let's go to the monthly performance assessment. So, to start 
talks about restorative sleep. And month over month, I experienced a 1% increase in my sleep performance. And it's interesting because I also experienced a 19-minute decrease in my restorative sleep. So I got less restorative sleep, but got greater sleep performance month over month. So that just meant that my sleep was a little bit more efficient, which I think is great. But what I'll be looking to do for next month, and I'm already projecting, what I'm looking to do throughout the month of August, so when we reflect on this month's data, I'm hoping to see an increase in my restorative sleep. So making sure that my REM sleep and deep sleep are increased, uh, the combination of the two are increased the next time we reflect on this. I feel like I did a pretty good job of keeping my sleep, the sleep that I got versus the sleep that I needed, relatively consistent. There were some days where there were some dips in that. Um, but it was due to traveling. So that had an impact on it. Um, and then there were a couple of days where my device just didn't read my sleep. So it kind of threw things off just a smidge. But I'm grateful. You know, I was doing a pretty good job of keeping the sleep that I got uh, in alignment with the sleep that I needed. And, you know, for me, my normal goal is to have about roughly four hours of restorative sleep a night. And so it was at what, three hours and 51 minutes. So I'm not too far off from that four-hour goal, but I'll be looking to get closer to that four hours uh, throughout this month. My training breakdown, I had less activities month over month, which I almost expected. I'm, I'm not running as much. And my average strain was up. It was at about a 7.5. Like I said, I took a break in June. So my strain per activity went up a little bit because I did increase the amount of running. My distance isn't nearly what it was prior to the race though. All right. So month over month, when I look at my strain, my strain was at a 13.9 average in June and it went down to 13.8. So it was relatively consistent, not too much shifted or changed there. Then my recovery. So my recovery was a 60 one percent, a 61 percent in June. That was my average recovery. It was a 67 percent in July. So my recovery was actually I averaged a green recovery, which is fantastic. So it was definitely nice to see that that month over month, my body was recovering better. And I think it, it just made sense, right? The fact that I was not running at the volume that I was before, giving myself more days to rest. I'll talk about that here in a moment. And just, uh, you know, allowing my body to recover. And one of the things that I did this month, I am normally scheduled to run four times a week. And what I started to do was, depending on how I felt when I woke up on Sunday, I would give myself a day off. So I would just run three times. And so this month or last month, I should say, three Sundays, I gave myself an additional day off. So I was able to just rest for two days instead of just resting for one and then going back into my running schedule. So I'll probably incorporate that or continue to incorporate that into my routine as I see fit. I think running three to four days a week is, is adequate. So I'll keep that in mind. I'll give myself the freedom to take a rest day, an additional rest day if I so choose. Finally, I mentioned it before, my sleep performance last month was an 83% on average, and this month it was an 82. And so it's right aligned with where I was. I'm okay with it going down just slightly. It's not something or anything that's too alarming for me. And honestly, we talked about it a couple months ago. As long as my sleep performance is over an 80%, that's generally when my body is in the best position to recover based on my data. So 
I'm just grateful that I'm continuing to stay above an 80% on average throughout the month. And when I look here at my training behavior, it's optimal for the entire month of July. It went up and down a little bit, but it stayed in the optimal range of my training state. And essentially what optimal means is my strain and my recovery were balanced. So I did a good job of balancing my strain and recovery. I think what really helped was taking that day off on Sundays, right? Giving myself an additional day of rest. And it's funny because when I was training for the race, I didn't do that, right? I didn't give myself additional days of rest. I only rested on the days it told me to. And when it told me to run, regardless of what my recovery was, regardless of what I was feeling, I went out there and did the run. So I'm grateful to see that by me prioritizing something that at one point in my journey this year, I would have just said, forget that. I'm going to push through it and do it because I did something a little bit different, right? Lean into something that's a little bit uncomfortable, right? Not doing anything and just resting. It's actually producing a better physiological state for me, right? I'm, I'm in an optimal state as it relates to the balance between my strain and my recovery because I am resting more. So I wanted to highlight that. Prioritize rest. Rest is so important. So be sure to prioritize it. All right, my HRV. So my HRV went up. I talked about wanting my HRV to increase. It went up by 9% from last month. So it's averaging about a 51, which it was at a 47 last month. So I'm grateful to see that number increase. And then my resting heart rate is consistent. It was 57 beats per minute last month, 57 beats per minute this month. So I'm interested to see what this looks like as I continue to rest. As I go through this month, I don't really have very much travel planned, so I'll be able to stay consistent in my, my workouts and everything. I'm interested to see what my numbers look like. What I want to do is just stay consistent and maintain. Right? I'll maintain for this month, and then I'm going to be looking to make some shifts and, cha and changes and adjustments to my workout schedule and my routine. So things will begin to shift more as we go into September, and then the data from September should look somewhat drastically different than what we've seen these last couple months. All right. So that is my whoop data. Everything was looking good. The things that I wanted to see shift and change actually shifted and changes. The biggest thing that I adjusted so we can kind of go right over into the updates to my sustainable self-care system. The update in particular was me prioritizing time for rest, giving myself an additional rest day was key to me experiencing the increased and I would say the increased quality of my physiology that I experienced as it related to my whoop data month over month. So shout out to rest. Like I said, I highly recommend integrating it into your routine. Um, one of the other practices that I did was just I wouldn't even go to sleep. I would just put on my eye mask and just lay in bed. And I would just lay there. And that was a little different. It was a little now I can just say different. I don't want to say weird. It was just different because in most cases when the eye mask would go on, I would like be ready to go to bed. But I just got to sit there and be with myself and to notice where my thoughts went. And to say, hey, I'm just I'm just going to continue to be here. And it was it was liberating, I would say, because there were all these things that I could have done or I was telling myself I should be doing when in all reality, what I what I really needed. And I could say that based on my data, what I really needed was just to be and to rest. And so I would say thank you to my body for adapting 
for rewarding me for giving it the rest that it really needed. But that was one of the rest techniques that I integrated. I've continued to do it, just throwing on, you know, something to make my environment dark and just being, just sitting where I'm at. If I fall asleep, I fall asleep. But in most cases, I just, I just sit there. So give that a try if you're thinking about some, <laughs> some activities that you can incorporate into your day to experience more rest. We can only manage what we measure. That's why we partnered with Whoop so you can get the latest and most advanced health and fitness wearable on the market for free. Not only does it monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and overall health, it also offers personalized recommendations and coaching feedback. You can finally take the guesswork out of deciding which self-care habits will actually help you feel good and function at your best. Visit join.whoop.com forward slash balance period and order your free whoop 4.0 today that's join.whoop.com forward slash balance period enjoy the rest of the show all right let's go ahead and go to the article for this week the article for this week is yes black people can get skin cancer and here's what to look for like i said before for the longest time i didn't even think that this was a conversation that needed to be had. It was like people would ask me, "Oh, do you do you want some sunscreen?" Nah, I'm good. <laughs> My body eats this. I I appreciate the sun. Is that true? Yes. It talks about it in this article. The rate at which black people get skin cancer versus white people, or I would say people with more melanin in their skin versus people with less. It's a less less incidence happening in our community, right? One in every 100,000 black people end up getting skin cancer, and that's compared to 25 out of 100,000 for white people, right? So there is a higher prevalence in less melanated skin, but it doesn't mean that we don't experience it, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't impact our community. The interesting part from what I learned as I read through this article was that our likelihood of survival after a diagnosis is less than our white counterparts. And some of the reasons that they highlighted was because we don't get our skin checked. And by the time we end up finding it, it's already spread to other parts of our body. So because we're not having the conversation, because we're not thinking about it, we end up missing the signs. And by the time we do address it, it's too late. It's already spread and now it's a lot more serious and we end up passing for from it. So let's talk a little bit about some of, you know, the symptoms that come about from skin cancer in black people. So what are some of the symptoms? It talks about location. And so it talks about, you know, the face, ears, scalp, neck, shoulders, chest, arms and hands. But it also talks about there are some unconventional places that it may appear to, like the bottom of your feet, your lower legs, your palms, under your fingernails or finger toe or toes, not finger toes, sheesh, <laughs> and your growing area, right? So kind of like the inner thigh. So these are some places that we might not think that it may be. So it's just important to check yourself, right? Like look at yourself, examine yourself, and know what your normal is so that if something's abnormal, you can address it. Talks about some of the color. So what color will you see or may you see? 
It could be dark brown. It could be purple. It could be it's put ashen gray. I've never heard of that color until now, but ashen gray and black. So it could just be like darker than your you know normal skin tone. So those are some of the colors to look out for as you're looking at the different areas of your body as you examine your skin. Then shape. It talks about it. It can be just spots or moles. And it says just to look for spots or moles or irregularities in your skin. Like I said, you need to know your normal. Be aware of where you currently are. And if there are changes, then it's time to address them. Talks about size. You know, it could be. Normally, it says like larger than the size of a pea. So but it can vary in size. Sometimes spots can be quite large. Sometimes there could be bleeding. And if that's the case, it's, it's definitely not time to get looked at. It probably was time earlier, but it's definitely worth you considering that it could potentially be cancer. Texture. It says some types of skin cancer, such as basal and squamous cell uh, carcinoma, may appear as an area that feels dry, scaly, or rough compared to the surrounding skin. So just a different texture compared to your normal skin. Talks about how skin cancer is diagnosed. So it recommends going to see a dermatologist if you don't have access to a primary care physician that can recommend you to a dermatologist, or if you don't have insurance, I would just highly recommend checking out maybe Cancer Support Community. Be a fantastic place to start. See if they have any partners that offer like dermatology screenings or anything like that. See if there's any events locally that offer free screenings. Or yeah, I would say just start locally. Do a search, see where you can access some additional information and see where you can get screened. So a skin exam is normally how it's diagnosed. Um, how is it treated? It just kind of talks through the various different ways of treating skin cancer. And in this article, too, it highlights ways of finding care if you're black. So there's the American Academy of Dermatology. So that's a place that you can also look. There's another one called the Skin of Color Society. That's another place. And then the Black Derm Directory. That's another place. And that has resources that can help you find a dermatologist specifically focuses on conditions affecting black skin. Um, it talks about some of the causes of skin cancer. And when you think about it, you know, most cases you're just thinking about exposure to the sun. But it's actually something else that makes up a decent amount of the cases in people of color. It's called ALM or acrolentigenous melanoma. I hope I said the middle word right. But it's called ALM and it actually makes up 30 to 70 percent of the melanoma seen in people of color. And this was from a specific practice, but it just shows that the, the relevance is a little bit higher. At this point, doctors still don't quite know what causes ALM, but it's believed that it's genetic factors. So that's why we talked about family health history, the value of that, the impact of that. If there's someone else in your family that may have been diagnosed with ALM, then you know that you probably are at a higher risk of getting it yourself. So just know that it's not just sun exposure. We talked about some of those unconventional areas like, your, you know, the bottom of your feet, right? You're growing some of these areas that really don't see that much sun. In most of those cases, it's ALM. That's the culprit. And so it talks about how black people can prevent skin cancer. It talks about choosing the shade. Uh, it talks about, you know, staying clear at certain times. So when it's, the sun's at the highest, that's normally between like 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., you know, stay inside uh, and make sure that you're covered if you are going out there. Wearing sunscreen. Sunscreen is for us too. So we can wear it. Yes, our, our body thrives from the sun, but it's also important that we protect it. So sunscreen does help. 
And then consider your clothing. It talks about, you know, bigger hats, sunglasses, long sleeves, pants, and then just check your skin, right? Check in with yourself. As I mentioned earlier, know what your normal is. And then once you notice that there's something that's abnormal, it's time to take action on that. So that is the article from this week. All right. Wanted to highlight that, yes, black people can get skin cancer, too. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Wellness Wednesdays. Last couple things I want to leave you with. The first, invest in your wellness because you are worth the investment. Lastly, you don't have to be perfect to be great. So be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself as you travel along this journey of creating generational wellness. All you have to do in order to be the change that you want to see in your family and in your community is to get started and to keep going. Thank you once again for tuning into this episode of Wellness Wednesdays, and I look forward to having you tune in same time, same place, this time next week. Peace.